How many of you, when you're seated in meditation, do you find things with your physical body distracting you? It was very clear. I mean, Spirit was really present talking about all that. And I want to share a little bit about some of that, just so you might begin to understand a little bit more about what's going on. For me, it was a feeling as though something was crawling on me, I guess is the best way. I'd always think that somehow some ants got on my leg or a spider or where I used to live, it was the scorpions. We had scorpions everywhere. Oh, my God. Literally, we during the summer, we would kill at least one scorpion a day. So with that thought in mind, you close your eyes to go meditate. Of course, you think, oh, they're there. <laughs> so it went from ants to spiders to scorpions. But I would feel things moving and like crawling on me. Or I would feel sensations on the top of my head. And I would think, oh, well, you know, a fly or a bug or something's up here. The first inclination is to get it off. You know, I don't want a scorpion or a spider on me. And yet I found after a while, as I was moving more and more into letting go of the body, that it was important to just sit through that sensation, to not let it distract me, not let it call me back into a physical form. And something I've realized over the last few days in my meditations is just what is taking place during that time. If you remember, I think I've shared this before here, that Aristotle, when he used to initiate, used to talk a lot about the fire. He said that creation had four elements to it. It was earth, water, air, and fire. And he said fire was the source of life, the breath of all things. And that the fire burned through the breath that was coming forth to nurture and to feed and to continue all life in the air, the water, and the earth. And recently I had a meditation where in that meditation I was taken by Aristotle into an out-of-body experience. And as soon as we left, we were standing before this very large cathedral. He didn't say anything, we just looked and he opened the door and we went on in and as we did, the cathedral was filled, I mean just literally filled with candles, all aglow. And it was just beautiful, it was just the most beautiful, brilliant, golden white, yellows, all flickering and, and, and absolutely beautiful. We stayed in there for a little while and then we came back out and he said, so where have we been? And I said, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't know what level we're on. I can't tell what we're, where we are. And he said, that was your physical body. He said that in every little living thing in the very center of the atom that makes up every part of that body is the fire of life. And that if one truly knows how to meditate and how to enter into the different levels of consciousness. They can enter actually into their physical body and witness this for themselves, the divine spark in each and every cell. What happens is that when we come down from the soul level, it's not the complete soul, if you will. It is a divine spark. It is a part of the soul essence that comes down into this creation for experience. And that the way the soul continues to give this physical form life is to put itself into the physical form as these flames in the center of every atom that make up our body. And it's that fire that Aristotle was talking about that is the essence of life, the life giver to the physical form. Now, the challenge is that when we come down into the physical form and we take on physical embodiment, long before that, the soul came into the physical universe, the physical creation, and took on mind. And when it did, it began to be enveloped by the mind and trapped there. In that entrapment, it continued to look for experience and that's why it took on the mind for experience. 
and so it allowed the mind the opportunity to share, to teach, to take the soul into experience. And so it allowed this encasing, this entrapping of the soul so that it could have full experience. And so as that took place, the soul began to lose sight of where it came from and how to get back. And so it began to look down into the mind, and the mind then took the soul essence on down into the sensual nature and the physical body. Well, when that divine spark was seated at the seat of the soul, at the spiritual eye, it then fed life into every atom of the physical structure. And it fed it in such a way as to impart its own self into every atom of your physical body as little sparks of fire. When you are meditating and you start feeling sensations of tingling, itching, insects, whatever it might feel like, for me sometimes it has felt like a painful process. Sometimes it's an itching and sometimes it's as though uh, that part of me is just going to sleep. You know how sometimes your arm will go to sleep or a hand or a foot? It's that kind of a sensation once in a while for me. What's happening is this. You are withdrawing by holding your attention at the spiritual eye. You are withdrawing the soul element, those sparks, out of the cells and on up to the seat of the soul. And as that light begins to withdraw from the atom to go up into the seat of the soul, you might feel the sensation of that life force separating from the physical body. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to die because you've separated the life force from the physical form. The soul continues to feed life into the physical body while you're in this practice and while you're in this action of meditation. It isn't until the final breath is taken that when the essence is withdrawn, life is also withdrawn from the physical form, and then the physical form is dead. So in this process, even though you're withdrawing that divine spark that is in the center of each atom back to itself, you are not withdrawing totally the life essence, the life force that is going to keep the body alive. So just be aware of that fact. So in this process, if you do have physical sensations, and in the past you would readjust your body or you would reach down and kind of rub it or scratch it or try to get the insect off or you feel sensations around the top of the head, let that be. Let that be and just be present and keep chanting, holding the attention at the spiritual eye center. And you'll find pretty quickly that you'll move on past that sensation that's been attracting you or discouraging you or trying to, to keep you occupied with the physical. You'll move right past it and move on into something else. It may be a different sensation in a different part of the body, but it'll be something else. And if you will just sit with that long enough, you will find that you will begin to really truly sense that you are moving more into that spiritual consciousness and into the meditation of a soul coming awake. It is a gradual process, but it is a joyful one. And the more you can let go, the more you can relax into the experience, the more you do not try to control the meditation, the quicker you can move through all of this. For me, when I was younger, I found that I have a real strong controller inside. And it always wants to be in charge, and it always wants to have it its way, and it always wants to stay conscious and present with what's going on so that it can dictate the unfolding process. So for me, my challenge was to relax into the experience, relax into that which was taking place and not try to figure it out and not try to take charge of it, and not to discourage it, the experience from happening, because my controller couldn't understand it or take charge of it. For me, it was a challenge to 
learn how to let go, to relax, to be present with what is, and not get caught up in the moment and, and try to run it or rule it in some way. I would hope that that's not your case. I would hope that you would find the way to just be present, be joyful in whatever the experience is, and allow yourself to go into a deeper place as this process of the soul coming back into itself fully takes place. In Paul, it's talked about as die the little death daily. And truly, that's what you're doing. You're doing exactly what will happen on the day you die. You withdraw the soul back into itself so that it can look up and go on out of the physical body and leave the physical body and the body becomes cold and lifeless. But what we're doing in meditation is the same process exactly. We're dying, but we're dying the little death. The life force stays present in the body. It doesn't withdraw, but the light of the soul withdraws back into itself so it can journey. So that physical element of life at the level of the consciousness, which is the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the physical quality of knowing and being still maintains awareness and life force flowing. But the soul withdraws and begins to have a journey back home to spirit. So in this process, why is it that we need a teacher to assist us in our meditation? Why is it that we need someone to give us direction, to give us understanding, and to give us initiation in order to meditate? Well, Aristotle put it very clearly as well in a very, very simple statement. It takes a liberated flame to free a trapped flame. And that is exactly what takes place in the process of meditation and initiation. It takes a liberated flame, a flame, that divine spark of the soul within, that is liberated, that is free to leave the physical body consciously and travel throughout all the realms, back up to soul, through the soul plane, into the realms of spirit, and back into the heart of God. That's a liberated flame. And it takes a liberated flame to free a trapped flame. A trapped flame is one that is trapped in the mind, that has come into this creation and allowed willingly the mind to wrap around it so that it could have experience here. And so it allowed itself to be imprisoned. It allowed itself to be encased and trapped, if you will, but for a reason so that it could have experience. But once it was fully encased, it lost sight of the direction it came from, how it got here, and where to go to go home. It knows that it wants to go home, but it doesn't know where home is, and so it follows the mind, and the mind keeps saying, well, I think the home's down here, because this is the world I know. Come on down, and I'll show you home the liberated flame comes in and says, are you ready to go home? Do you long to go home? Are you missing God? Are you missing your wholeness? Are you wanting more loving? Or however it might be expressed by that teacher, by that liberated flame. And those that are longing enough, those that truly feel the call inside of the soul that I've done what I came here to do, I want to go home. Respond to that call. Respond to those words. Respond to that liberated flame. And seek an understanding of liberation and seek the means by which to liberate themselves. The liberated flame gives the tools, the keys to the kingdom, the means by which the trapped flame can be freed. And it is up to the trapped flame to, in truth, free itself. But it takes a liberated flame to help the trapped flame understand. Understand 
what condition, what state of being the trapped flame is in right now, and how to begin to work a process of meditation to become liberated. And that is what the teacher is about. That is what a spiritual master is about. They have mastered these realms of the physical. They have mastered the realm of soul and the realms of spirit and have returned back to God from which they came. And in that mastery, they are able to help you to become the spiritual master that you are, to become a living saint, if you will. And in ancient times, even during the time of Jesus, those that were liberated souls were and still are today called living saints, great saints, perfected saints. It doesn't mean their body is perfected. It means that at the spiritual level, they have come awake and they are living the fullness of their spiritual being, which is God. They are living that. They know it. They feel it. They see it. They express it. They share it. And in that sharing is where the opportunity begins for a trapped flame to be freed, to be liberated. But it isn't just in words in this world that liberate a flame, a soul, from its entrapment in the mind. It takes much more than that. It would be wonderful if we could just read a few books or listen to a few tapes or hear a lecture or two from someone somewhere and be liberated and no longer be trapped in the mind. But in truth, it takes more effort on our part personally to truly be liberated than just a few words by someone that you might see or that you might hear somewhere or read somewhere. It takes true focus on that true essence of your own being and waking up to it. So the first process of this is to begin to understand the path of liberation. What is liberation? And how am I going to be myself liberated? Well, liberation is one thing, and that is the soul getting far enough away from this creation so that it cannot feel the pull or the call of this creation in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't feel the karmas that are still undone calling the soul back. It doesn't feel the entanglements of this creation, the webs that seem to call and pull and tug us back into old patterns. Those are gone. They do not call upon us anymore. And we get so far beyond this creation that even if we were to look back, there is so much beautiful spiritual essence between us and this creation that all we see is the realms of spirit and the realm of soul and loving and light. That's liberation. And that takes place at the third and fourth level of awakening that you find in the realms of spirit. It's interesting that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see the number 12 and 1, 13, often appearing. Twelve tribes make up the one nation. The twelve apostles and the one Christ, if you will, Jesus. In truth, we want to walk up and accomplish an anchoring into a 13th level of awareness. And at that point in time, we truly are liberated. We do not have to come back here once we leave this physical body permanently. Now, you can walk up there and achieve the 13th level and even the 14th and 15th, and you still are... If you have a physical body and there's still a destiny for you to fulfill down here, you're still going to come down here and fulfill it. It doesn't mean, okay, well, now I can take my last breath and I just keep on going. 
even though there are times when you're up there that that's exactly what you would want to do. You get up there and you just feel this calling and this love coming to you and you want to just keep going to it. And sometimes it can take all of your whatever essence to know that you have to come back down here and be in the physical body. But it's wonderful to know that you are anchored in liberation. So these 13 levels, if you will, that I'm talking about, and what I've done is I've drawn on the board the physical, astral, causal, mental, etheric, then the soul plane or the soul realm with four levels in it, and then I've put four more lines above the soul going into spirit. What we are doing when we are meditating is first we are calling the soul back into itself here at the seat of the soul so that that divine spark in our physical body is fully brought to its wholeness. Then the divine spark, and only then is the divine spark truly able to look up and look beyond itself and into these outer realms here, the astral, causal, mental, and etheric, and on to soul. On each realm of the physical, the astral, causal, mental, and etheric, there is a soul level. And just as there are sparks, flames within every atom of our physical body, And just as there is a divine spark resting here at the seat of the soul in the physical, we also have qualities of soul here in the astral soul level, the causal soul level, the mental soul level, and the etheric soul level. And so as we're meditating, we're ever drawing not just the life force of the soul, the light of the soul, back into itself here at the seat of the soul, But as we're holding our attention here, we're actually holding our attention on our own soul itself in the soul realm, that fullness of ourself that is in soul. And what we are doing then is we are waking up the soul at every level of the realms all the way up into the soul. And slowly but surely as we meditate each day, we are uniting these qualities of soul that are at each one of these realms to where it comes back into its fullness here and unites and just joins and merges into our own soul completely once again. So those parts of the divine spark that are in in a sense in these different levels of consciousness having experience are all united, joined together as we hold our focus on the names, and we enter into our own soul essence. So we have one, two, three, four, five, and six. And then we come up to the soul, which is the sixth, the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and then on into the realms of of spirit, which is the tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and thirteenth. So as we are meditating, we are gradually pulling up first the life force the light of the soul out of the physical body up to the seat of the soul. Then we begin to pull up the life force of the soul that has gotten caught up in the creative imagination. Just like we're pulling the life force up out of the physical, we are pulling the life force, the light force of the soul up to the soul and the astral and so on with the causal, the life force that is soul that has been caught up in all these karmas, they are released and brought forward back to the soul in the causal, the mental, the etheric, joined wholly with the soul, and then we begin a process of anchoring ourselves on these other levels within soul. Anchoring is a very simple process. It's loving. It's loving God and discovering more and more about what loving is, what loving does, how it lives in us, how it expresses in us and through us, and becoming that living, loving essence that we are. And so every time we move into these new qualities of loving, 
and allowing ourselves to love it all, to love everything about us and love everything about God's creation here and beyond. That is what I'm talking about as far as waking up fully into these levels and anchoring oneself at each one of these levels. For me, when I was a child, the way they demonstrated this to me was something that was very simple. I saw myself standing on a floor, and on this floor was a stack of tiles, like these you would see in the ceiling here. All I had to do was pick up one tile at a time and lay them up here as though they were a ceiling. And it was up to me just to lay these tiles until I had what looked like a ceiling. And just above my head, there was one yet to be laid. And then all I had to do was to move up and over and stand on this new foundation, put the last tile in, and now I'm anchored at a new level of consciousness. That's what you're doing every time you meditate. You're laying down a new foundation of awareness, of consciousness, of awakening for yourself to move up higher and higher and higher in the process of your meditation. And the names of God that are given to you in initiation are, in a sense, creating the love in you as you chant them. It is creating the loving that, to me, were the tiles. This is all love. All this that I talk about is the tiles that make the ceiling that eventually become the floor that you're standing on, your new foundation. It is all love. So the more you're loving God, and the more you're sending love up, the more you're building this new foundation for yourself at another level of consciousness. And then one day you find you've elevated to that level, and you've anchored there. And then the journey continues to move on to the next building of the next foundation and anchoring yourself there. That continues from the physical to the astral, causal, mental, etheric, and the soul. Once you get to the soul, then there are three other levels within the soul realm. So there's four levels in the soul realm just as there are levels here in all the physical, astral, causal, mental, etheric, that we want to also build our foundation and anchor ourselves at. So that would be the number seven, eight, and nine. Then we go on into the realms of spirit and continue building this foundation. It also is called Jacob's Ladder. That's the ladder we're building. We're building a ladder step by step by step. We're climbing it step by step by step. But rather than just having a ladder step, we are actually building a level of consciousness that is our new home, if you will. There is a place in the causal region where when you build that foundation, you no longer have to come down beyond the causal. And... Once you get into the soul region, you're very close to entering into that next level where you don't have to go down into the levels below. So in this process of building these foundations, be aware there's nothing you have to do. There's not a lot of work that you have to do to lay these floors, to lay these tiles, but to love God. Because the essence of every foundation that we stand on in spirit is loving it is just pure loving and who are you you are the divine living loving essence of the lord so it's that living loving essence that is building these foundations that you are going to stand on in your awareness in your conscious knowing of who you are as divine as you begin to climb this ladder upward, upward, upward until you get to this level at the fourth level into the realms of spirit, which is the number 13, if you will, here as you climb up. 
is where you reach that place where you, I don't think you could come back here if you wanted to, unless God said so, unless God said you can go back if you wish, or I ask you to go back to do something for me now. I think that once you get to that level, the journey is in front of you in the realms of spirit because there's nothing below you. You have cleared through loving and built such strong foundations of loving in those areas that you have cleared going up that there is nothing that really can attract you back down here again. Not even a hot dog or a chocolate cake or your best friend or your little dog or cat or anything. Nothing can call you back because the voice of God at those levels is so strong and it fills you so much that all you want to do is just continue moving in the sound back to the heart of God. So be aware that as you're meditating, you may have those sensations. And just as you have sensations in the physical body, realizing that that is the light that is pulling up, you also may feel other sensations, sensations having to do with the creative imagination or the emotional nature or the mind, as you are also withdrawing that life force, that living, loving essence, as flames of light out of those qualities of self back to the soul at those levels. So you may sit in meditation thinking, well, this is going to be a peaceful, joyful meditation. And the body doesn't cause any problems. It just goes right into rest. And you go, wow, that's great. No problems. And then the creative imagination starts to stir. And off you go, worrying, fretting, thinking, wondering. And you feel all this stirring inside of you at the creative imagination level. Or at the emotional level, the emotions start stirring and you have no idea, well, why do I feel so nervous? Why am I so angry? What am I frustrated about? But it's just the, the life essence withdrawing itself from those karmas, from those influences that have held us in bondage for so long. And the life essence is pulling away. And as it does, it does cause a stirring, just as it does with the physical body. It does cause a shaking. And it's for us to just relax and say, okay, I love God. I'm just going to focus my loving on God. The more we focus our loving on God, the more that stirring will take place, but it will also be a stirring that when it's done, we are free in a greater way at that level than we were before. And that takes place throughout the physical universe of ourselves. Now, this is all taking place in the inner kingdom. This is about the inner journey first. So it's about the physical body and that which is in the physical body withdrawing itself, that life force that is the divine spark, back into itself fully. And then it's about the inner part of the creative imagination, that which we inside have created and live in and hold to and feed and nurture. And so it's for us then to withdraw the life force from that and rise on up to the next. It used to be that initiates were few in number in comparison to what they are today. One way that initiation used to take place was with teacher-disciple in a relationship one-on-one, very close, very familiar, very loving, very participatory on both parts. And a spiritual master may have one, ten, twenty disciples that they are working closely with at a time. And they are ever working to bring their disciple to the realm of soul, to anchor themselves there and then to continue the journey on into the realms of spirit towards liberation. And the way they did it up until fairly recently in most cases was that a spiritual teacher would give you two of the five names to work with. 
And those two names had to do with the keys to the kingdom of the astral and the causal level. And you would go into meditation and focus on those two names. And the spiritual teacher would work with you on the inner levels while you were chanting those names. And remember, the spiritual teacher inside is the Holy Spirit. It isn't the person. So the Holy Spirit works with you inside with those two names while you're meditating. And you begin to do just what I described. First, you withdraw the light of the soul back into itself at the physical. And then with those two names, you're withdrawing the light of the astral and the causal quality of self, of soul self, back to the soul level of each of those realms, uniting them, anchoring yourself, building a new foundation, and standing at the next realm. Withdrawing the life, withdrawing the soul essence of the causal up to the soul level of the causal, anchoring in that, and then stepping up to the new foundation you built of loving into the mental, into the mental realm. So it's one step at a time you move up this ladder. Back then, once the initiate had received the soul level of the causal and stepped forward into the mental realm on this new foundation that's built, then they would receive the name of the Lord of that realm on the mental and begin chanting then the astral, causal, and mental names, the three names that they had. They would hold in their meditations their loving, and eventually they would withdraw the life force out of the mental region, the mental realm, anchor into the soul of the mental level, and then they would step forward into the etheric and receive the fourth name, the etheric. They do the same thing in the etheric up to the soul level of the etheric, unite there, step into the realm of soul, and receive the fifth name. And then they continue their journey through the soul levels and on up into the realms of spirit. And so that's, I think, a pretty clear explanation of the inner journey. And that is the process that a liberated flame brings forward to assist someone who is trapped, who is a trapped flame. But in essence, it is the trapped flame that must free itself. It must sit down every day. It must do the focus. It must hold to the loving. It must awaken. Wake up, wake up. Well, one way that we wake up is when the sun rises and the light starts coming in, we wake up. We go, oh, okay, the day's starting again. Well, the mind has encased the soul in such a way that we feel, we see, we know ourselves to be more in a great shadow, in a great darkness, and we've gone asleep. We are truly asleep when we're entrapped and encased in the mind. But when we hold inside to loving God and let the frequencies, those vibrations of the names of God, those keys to the kingdom, begin to stir, we begin to see our own light inside in a way we haven't for a long time. And one way that that happens is as these sparks that are stored in the cells, in the atoms, in the body, are drawn up to the soul, the soul light gets brighter. And all of a sudden we see a light. Oh, well, look, look, there's a spark. Look, there's a light. Look, there's the sun. We begin to see our own soul light, our inner light. And it's us that wakes up to that light. We must wake up to it. But it does take a liberated flame to free a trapped one. So in this process, be aware that the spiritual master, the teacher, is present to assist you, to assist you in all ways that they can, inwardly and outwardly, to become liberated, to free that trapped flame. 
and not to live in the darkness, in the sleep, in the encasement anymore. But it is up to you to do the inner work of meditation, to give time to God, to give time for yourself to wake up, to wake up, to wake up every day. Wake up into the greater knowing of the light inside. Wake up into the greater action of liberation for yourself. And then turn to your teacher. And there are those here that are with others than myself. So go to them. Ask them the questions. Get clarity. Get direction. That's what they are there for. So that you don't walk into a trap. You don't trap yourself again by walking and following after an illusion. And it is in that action of getting clear inside as well as outside, more in this realm with the mind and the emotions, that you can walk this path much quicker, much more free, and truly wake up and know yourself to be divine, and wake up and know that you are a liberated flame. It used to take disciples many years to accomplish what I've just talked about. Many years. And often many lifetimes. You know, there is a saying in the mystical tradition of sound and light that within four lifetimes of your first initiation, you will be liberated. But there's also a story of one spiritual master who had a disciple come up and ask, Master, which one of my fourth lifetimes is this? And after looking at her for a while, he said, Sister, this is one of many of your fourth lifetimes. (laughs) Now, if that isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. (laughs) Do it now. Devote yourself now. Don't create that same statement for yourself. This is one of many of your fourth lifetimes. Do the devotion. Do the loving. Do the meditation. That's what you as soul came into this creation for. So that you could walk this path clearly, knowingly, lovingly, and be liberated. That's what the soul came here to do. Why does it have to come back into the physical body over and over and go through all this that is in the physical realm? The pain, the sorrow, the grief, the anger, the frustration, the limitation, and everything else that goes along with it. And there's also joy and pleasure and chocolate cake and (laughs) whatever (laughs) that goes with it too. It's because we have created karmas on every level of existence in the physical universe. We have created karma. So we have to clear karma on every level enough by withdrawing the soul essence out of those karmas that are created in each realm so that we can truly raise up ourselves and be liberated. So by coming into the physical body, by coming into the physical form and meditating in the physical body and waking up the divine spark here at the seat of the soul, at the spiritual eye center, we are lifting ourselves up out of the physical realm freeing ourselves up of the physical karmas that have attracted us here and hold us here in debt. That's our debt that we are trying to pay back to call the creator of this creation. But we don't have to pay it back. There's nothing to pay back if we love it all, if we accept it all, and we withdraw that life that is entangled, is caught up in those karmas, if we just withdraw ourselves from that and unite the soul is one. Then we are free of those physical karmas that have been holding us in bondage here. And we go on to the next to free ourselves of the astral and the causal and the mental until we finally reach that stage in the spiritual realms where we are liberated. Now, it's very interesting. I remember looking at this very closely one time wondering as I was freeing myself at one of the levels. And I looked, and I could see that I had 
unbelievable amounts of karma still in this one realm. But I had just kind of cleared like a little section, just like I've drawn here. Just a little section in the midst of all of this that was just full of my karmas. I mean, it looked like I was in debt <laughs> to a call like nobody. <laughs> I must have had some good times down here. <laughs> and Carl wanted me to pay back for the goodness that I had down here. But what happens is something very wonderful. That in one lifetime, you can free a pathway up. You just slowly, slowly free a pathway up. And how that happens is, you came into this lifetime with a certain destiny, a certain load of karmas that you brought into this consciousness, into this experience with you. And that's all that call is expecting you to pay back while you're in this embodiment. That's all. It's just this little bit compared to everything that you really owe. So the key is, is while you're in the physical form and you're doing your meditation, be aware that as you're withdrawing the life force from all those karmas at all those levels that are just owed in this lifetime, you are creating a pathway by which you can get home to soul and anchor yourself into soul and go into the realms of spirit and anchor yourself in spirit. And before Carl knows it, you're looking down and going, bye. And he's going, well, what about, well, you got out of here. Go ahead. All those other karmas then are forgiven at that moment. The debt is paid because you have found the way home. You have gotten free. That's how it can happen in one lifetime. That's why it is so important, whether this be your first time or your fourth or your many of fourth lifetimes, that no matter what it is, it doesn't matter which one it is. What matters is, is you sit down and you do the work now to free the karma, to free yourself of that karma, to free yourself of the debt owed that you carried into this existence right now so that it's done. And it's a very little bit of the great debt that is owed. A very little bit. It's, it's like going to the IRS and you owe them a million dollars. And you say, look, I've only got a hundred dollars right now. If I give you the hundred, will you call it done? And they go, okay, if you truly can give us a hundred dollars, we will call the million dollars paid. That's that kind of agreement. It seems impossible. It seems unreasonable. But that's what this is about. You owe so much more of a debt to call than this little package that you carried in this lifetime. And call goes, sure, you know, if you can work these karmas off, that's great. But he isn't expecting you to find that inner pathway of sound and light. He isn't expecting you to hear the audible life stream, to see the inner light, to walk the inner path of loving, and to anchor yourself at every level until you know clearly how to get out of here and anchor yourself in the realms of spirit. He isn't counting on that. And so he agrees, sure, if you really can pay this debt, this little portion, if you can pay that $100, I'll forget the million. Let me see the hundred. Do it. Do it. And that's the key. Do it. Do your meditation. Do it daily. Do it with loving devotion. And then get up and do it as you go into the day. Live it. Love it. Honor it. Be it. Be the meditation. When you're silent and the first thing your mind wants to do is gossip about somebody or it wants to get caught up in some thought that carries you off into the world, or your emotions start taking you into worry or fretting, or your imagination starts wondering about your next sexual experience, or why not over here, stop and start chanting the name of God. Just fill that moment with God. The more you do that, the more you become a living meditation. The more you do that, you free the soul essence of the karmas at that level that is causing disturbance and distraction. 
You're freeing yourself even in that moment. So it's not just in the time of your meditation every day. It's every moment of every day. Live one breath at a time, one day at a time. Live it fully, all the time. And then you become the living prayer, the living meditation. And you truly are then a living initiation. So that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, you are initiating something. And that is your liberation. You're ever bringing about your liberation of the soul from these regions and returning home to God. So even though at times it seems like, but Jim, two and a half hours a day? Do you know how long that is? You know, I don't have time. Think about it. Do you really not have the time? Or is that just your excuse? If you can pay all of your debt of a million dollars owed by just turning over a hundred dollars to the IRS, would you do that? Wouldn't you go out and you would do everything you can to get that hundred dollars? You would walk the streets, you would collect all the pennies that you could find. You would beg, borrow, and hopefully not steal because you're just going to create more. <laughs> But you would find the $100 and pay it so that you would not owe that debt. That's what this is. This is a greater action of liberation than paying a million-dollar debt off with a hundred. It's a greater liberation because it liberates your soul. So that's how this works. It's a very simple process. It's a very easy process. It's a very fulfilling process to live in this action of liberation. And yes, we still have our karmas on all these levels. So yes, you've got your family things going on. You've got your business stuff going on. You've got your personal stuff going on. You have the karmas of the world going on. And you're here. And that's all part of your destiny. That package of karma that you came in with. It's all a part of it. So don't curse it. Don't cuss at it. Don't yell at it. Don't push it away. Love it all. Honor it all. Appreciate it all. And take it all up into your meditation and loving and build the foundation of loving for yourself so that you step one layer at a time, one level at a time, up until you are a liberated soul. So what is this thing, liberation? What... What is the liberated soul? What do I do when I get there? Well, find out. I really can't put it all into words. I don't know that anybody truly can put it into words and express it to you where you will understand it. So I would say begin the inner journey or continue that inner journey if you're already on it and discover for yourself what it's like to join once again with your own soul fully to live in that movement of loving and to feel the movement of loving on all those levels that you have cleared. When you are at one in your soul, you feel it to the very bottoms of your feet. From the soul of the soul realm to the soles of your feet, you feel the loving. It's just right there as a column of love. What used to be that column of debt, those karmas that you brought in as your destiny in this lifetime, as they are cleared, that becomes the avenue by which the loving lives and dwells with you. And you live in the loving. You dwell in the Lord. Wherever you go, eyes open, eyes closed. And when you are in the realms of spirit, you aren't just living or dwelling in the loving of the Lord, you then know you are the loving of the Lord. You know it. And that's even a greater experience, to truly know yourself as the loving essence of God and just being that loving essence in those realms is who you are and where you're going. 
And there is no way I can give it to you as an experience because your mind cannot understand, your emotions would not believe, your imagination cannot imagine it, and your physical body can't withstand what that would be. But your soul knows it, your soul is it, and so as soul, moving into the realms of spirit, you wake up into the knowing of that that you are the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord, and that in the realms of spirit, you are the loving essence, ever expressing, ever moving, ever sharing, ever being, ever moving more towards that which is the source of your being, pure loving. And it's a simple process. Five names that make up the one name of God. That one name, chanted over and over in loving, builds a power up inside that draws the light of the soul back into itself on all the realms of creation, uniting, joining, fulfilling, completing, so that you are ever liberating yourself. Even on those days where you just can't keep focused or stay focused, you keep being distracted, chant the name of God and build the power of the name up because it is taking place even if you don't know it. Even if you don't know it, it is taking place. And every day that you meditate, every day, you are liberating yourself. You are freeing yourself of this creation and liberating the soul so that it is home again with God and doesn't have to get caught up in these realms and in the debt that is due here. So if you're meditating, find that way to expand your time. If you're doing an hour, expand it an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half. Keep moving into the greater opportunity of liberation. The more time we focus in the sitting of meditation, the more opportunity we have to wake up. It can take quite a while for us to let go of the body and then the emotions and the mind and all that this is at the physical level to begin to feel the stirring and the awakening of the soul. It can take time. And God gave us a clue. He said, just tithe 10% of the day Two and a half hours a day. Really, it's two hours and 24 minutes, but if you want to be exact. He said, and in that, you may be liberated. You will be liberated if you do that time. You will wake up, you will have experience and knowing, and you will be liberated. And even if at this level you do not know it, on a conscious level, there are other ways to know that liberation is taking place. And that is by how things are unfolding in your daily life. Are things getting simpler, easier, smoother? Are people more friendly with you? Are you more friendly with them? Do you have more an uplifted consciousness, awareness, feeling about your life and your day and yourself? Do you believe and trust in yourself better? Do you believe and trust in others better? Do you care about others? Do you care about yourself? Are you forgiving? Are you accepting of yourself and others? These are qualities of the soul that begin to manifest at this level and you find yourself having greater freedom here, freedom in this world. And that also is a demonstration of that action of liberation that is taking place every day in your meditation, even if you don't know it consciously while you're in meditation. So pay attention to that and realize that not everybody who sits down to meditate has conscious awareness experience. Not everybody does. It's how God in you wants to unfold, how God in you wants to come liberated. But there is that day where you will leave this body for the last time Remember the die of the little death daily? 
So you've been dying all these days. All these days you've been withdrawing the life force up, 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 up to the soul realm, up into the realms of spirit. Even if you aren't consciously aware of it, that is what you're doing. But on that last day, at the last breath, and the soul withdraws for the last time, and the physical body becomes still, the soul finds itself on a wonderful journey, a wonderful path that the soul has walked many, many, many times through all these practices of meditation, even though at the mind level and below, you were not aware of it. But because of your devotion, because of your loving, because of you doing it every day, you were ever laying a path for yourself, for the soul to go further and further up into the realms of spirit. And when you take that last breath, there's that path before you. You no longer have the mind or the emotions or the imagination or the physical body blocking your awareness. You no longer have the veil of unconsciousness at the etheric level keeping you from knowing what is taking place. And you no longer have that little controller like I talked about within myself ever saying, no, no, look over here, don't look at that, don't pay attention to that. You know, the old thing of the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, that's the voice of control that's ever saying, don't look there, don't pay attention to that. Don't be aware of the truth. So, in this process then, when you do leave the physical body for the last time and you haven't had conscious experience in your meditation and you find this path before you, you also find your teacher there, that spiritual master who's guided you all the way, standing there and saying, now, come on, job well done, we're done. Come on, I'll show you where you're going and you move on from there. I'll point the direction and you just keep going. And like Lot said to his wife and family, and don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back where you came from. Look forward where you're going. It's looking down and out that got us lost in the first place. Don't look down and out again. Look forward. Look up. Look in. Look to the light. Look to the Lord. And that is your liberation. So that's a little bit about my inner experience with Aristotle recently. <laughs> In hearing him say about liberating the flame of a trapped flame. And then out of that, one statement came a lot of these awarenesses. So I hope that that is clear, that it lays out for you a better idea of just what this journey is really all about. And the grace that is really here, the opportunity that this lifetime is offering you. You know, you might want to look and say, gosh, maybe two and a half hours isn't enough. I really want to make sure I get all that karma burned off. I'd rather pay a hundred dollars than a million. And if the IRS is willing to let me do that, I will do it. I will pay it off. Get it paid off. Get it paid off quick. And then, in your meditation, if there's no debt owed, if there's nothing to do, you just go back to God, higher and higher and higher. Here I come, Lord, get ready, it's me. And then you find, one day, you truly will wake up in the heart of God and know that you never left. And that's another statement that I say over and over and over, and it seems unbelievable because of where we are right now in these physical bodies. It's like, yeah, right, I'm in the heart of God right now. I don't think so. <laughs> but we are. We truly are right now. That's the place where I see each and every one of you. Initiate, non-initiate, it's soul. It's the soul. It doesn't matter where you are on your path on this journey of experience. What matters is that I see you in the heart of God, I know you in the heart of God, and I wake you up in the heart of God. That's what I'm here to do. But truly remember, when I say I, it's just the same 
confusion that happened with Jesus. Jesus wasn't talking about Jesus the man. Jesus was talking about I, the Lord God, in the form of the Holy Spirit, in the form of the sound current, the audible life stream. I will wake you up. I will bring you home. I know you in the heart of God. That is who I'm talking about. I am that I am. So know that. Be aware of that. And that's what Brian and I are both here to do, to assist you in this spiritual journey. The consciousness of the Christ is what? The anointed one. Christ in Greek means anointed one. Messiah in Hebrew means anointed one. And the Christ is the one who must awake inside of us. That which is anointed wakes up. And the anointing is the anchoring of the sound current, the name of God in the consciousness to begin liberating the trapped flame. And so it is that the action of the Christ, the anointing, that takes place at initiation begins the process. And it is the action of the Christ or the anointing that brings the soul to the Holy Spirit, the teacher. And so in truth, that's the action that Brian is fulfilling. He is the one who brings the souls forward, just as John the Baptist went out calling, preparing, bringing them forward. Brian holds the consciousness of the Christ, of the soul awakening in this action of us together. And I hold the consciousness of the Holy Spirit, the action of liberation. And together we stand equal and ever fulfilling together. This is a very unusual process. It's happened before. And it's happening now. There have been other times where spiritual teachers with disciples have stood side by side together as one in this action, in this journey. So don't let your mind be confused by this process of the two doing this together as one. But rather rise up above the confusion, above any illusion, and find that one teacher inside that is the Holy Spirit. And let us together as one serve you, serve with you, walk with you, be with you in this journey, however you invite us in. The more you invite us in on this level and the more you invite us in on the inner level, the easier it is for the Holy Spirit to walk with you, to awaken you, to liberate you from your karmas and to bring you into liberation and soul and the realms of spirit. So, I do hope that that does assist. I like the image of this little pathway that we're clearing of all of our karmas in this one lifetime for liberation. And if you really contemplate that, you'll begin to see the great opportunity that spirit is offering here.